Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. What's good, my friends? This is... The most interactive sports talk show anywhere. It's offsides. Mark Ryan and Diesel, and we are the fan upstates rolling on until 7 o'clock p.m. today. I love you guys. I mean that. Thank you very much. Like, whether we agree or disagree, so long as you've been fair and kind, I love you. I care about you. I appreciate you guys more than you ever know. Um, You guys are the reason. Why we get to not work for a living. Seriously, you're the reason. And um, please know that we never, ever, ever take that for granted or take you for granted. Thank you guys so much. Oh, everyone always asks, well, what can we do to support the show? Uh, Top two things. Number one, support our sponsors. If you hear us talking about them and you can support them, that's a massive help. Number two, um, spread the word about the show. Can you tell one new person? about the show this week, all right? Let them know that you make the show a part of your day each and every day and that they should find the the time to do the same. What do you say? All right, guys, here's how you can be a part of it. 844-FAN-PHONE. That's 844-F-A-N-F-O-N-E. That's 844-326-3663. And the madworldattractions.com text line is there for you at 71307. Just start your text with the word fan, and away you go. Diesel, before we get to the top five at five, this sounds really dicey. This from uh, ESPN. The scope of the University of Michigan's alleged sign-stealing operation includes both video evidence of electronics prohibited by the NCAA to steal signs and a significant paper trail, sources told ESPN. Stallions, this guy, uh, I think his name is Eric Stallions, uh, Connor Stallions, former Michigan staffer, forwarded the tickets he bought to at least three different people in different areas of the country, which hints at the breadth of the operation. The NCAA is expected to receive video evidence this week of illegal technology used in scouting tied to tickets purchased by Stallions, according to sources. An opposing Big Ten school looked up in-stadium surveillance video from a game earlier this year And sources said the person in the seat of the ticket purchased by Stallions held his smartphone up and appeared to film the home team sideline the entire game. Diesel, it sounds dicey. I don't know how you ever prevent that from happening. You and I could do that. You and I could go to the game, film their sidelines, email Michigan. We wouldn't. We could, right? We could. There are are none of your fan jobs out there that we've encountered in this job that, uh, that would do such a thing. Yeah, nothing stops us from from doing that and sending it their way. I mean, 
What was the excuse given uh, with the Wake Forest uh, playbook that was found? It was, well, we we have it. We just didn't turn the person in for giving it to it us. It was Beamer. Beamer we was knew involved. It, in yeah, it. we knew that we shouldn't have this. We, did, we didn't really do anything about it to stop it. No, yeah, we just have it. We shouldn't have it. We have it. We but didn't tell anybody we didn't, we didn't have it. We didn't use it. And we it. promised we didn't use it. We didn't use it. We, we promised we didn't yeah. use it. Oh, boy. Take our word for it. We didn't yeah. use it. All right, guys. What do you say? We get to that jam. We call it the top five at five. The top five biggest sports stories of the day. The top five topics we're discussing. Ladies and gentlemen of the upstate, Offsiders, the top five at five starts right now. And now, the top five at five. And five, four, three, two, one. Hit it. Five. At number five. Oh, guys, the Clemson Tigers. Oh, my God. It is unfathomable, unfathomable to me how far Clemson has fallen. Dabo Sweeney has been summoned to a come-to-Jesus meeting with himself. And it's got to be beyond frustrating and humiliating to have the announcers, Tom Hart, Jordan Rogers, openly criticizing the play calls during the game. You're watching them. These are unbiased people. And they're saying, what the, essentially, what the hell is Clemson doing? Third and goal, a quarterback draw from the 13-yard line. Fourth and goal, last play of the game from the one. And you line up when shotgun to snap the ball back to the five-yard line? Guys, look, Dabo's forgotten more about football than I'll ever know. But in this one instance, you tell me what play has a higher chance of success. You're at the half-yard line, snap the ball back in shotgun to the five-yard line, as Dabo did Saturday and as Dabo did also in 2014 against Florida State with Cole Stout. Or my idea, you teach Phil Maffa how to take a snap from center and you do the tush-push with Will Shipley and Jake Brinningstool behind him. Phil Moffat takes the snap, not from shotgun, but from center, runs forward, gets pushed from behind, as if Miami's going to stop that for half a yard. Give me a break. Give me a break. And it was a joke. And the hard thing for me is I've already asked Dabo Sweeney about this. I have. Remember against Florida State? They're driving tie game under two minutes to go, third and 11 at the FSU 12-yard line. Florida... They call a Cade Klubnik draw on third and 11 goes for a yard. Same thing in this game. Third and 13 inside Miami's red zone. They're at the 15-yard line. They call the same damn quarterback draw for no yards. It's a sign that they have no faith, no trust in Cade Klubnik whatsoever. And I've already asked Dabo about this. Why are you calling these wuss plays? Here's my question to Dabo after Florida State. The above, we knew field goals wasn't going to win the game, and we came into the game. We felt like that we had it there, and, and uh, we'll go and look at it as far as how we executed it. But uh, just you know, come out and be aggressive, and again, knew knew especially early that a field goal is not going to be the difference in the game. And um, you know, uh, and then obviously we ended up missing three and, and made one. Um, so just a plan coming in. Sorry, that was me. I pulled the wrong clip. Oh, okay. I got you. I got you. Um, so uh, I, um, I I did ask Dabo that question, 
And uh, Dabo got got a little chippy with a response, and he essentially said he had no he had no problem with the play call to call a quarterback draw on third and eleven. He evidently really didn't have a problem with it because he okayed it again on third and thirteen. They have no trust, no trust whatsoever in uh, in Kate Klubnik, and it makes no sense to me, guys. It makes no sense. And you know, like I'm looking at that game. And I'm watching that game, and it's unreal to me how mistake-prone Clemson's key players are. Cade Klubnik plays as reckless as Kramer from Seinfeld walks through a door. Okay? Phil Maffa, Will Shipley attend Fumble University. You cannot win with that trait. Miami entered the game 121st in America in turnover margin, and Clemson had three in the first half, gave them to them. I think this might be the right clip. Uh, possession. Um, there was a third and eight or nine, and the call was a QB draw. It seemed like there was a chance at the time to potentially run the clock out and have that be the final possession of the game. Can you speak to the decision to kind of play for the field goal there that ultimately was missed as opposed to maybe being more aggressive and putting the ball in the air there? Yeah, it really wasn't playing for the field goal. Um, you know, Garrett really thought that play was going to pop. Uh, they're bringing Saul Blitz, and we really thought we really thought it was a great call, uh, and thought it was going to pop. We we really thought that we had a great call right there, and um, you know they, they made a good play. They got off a block, but but um, I, don't, I don't have a problem with the call. Again, we we thought it we thought we thought it was going to hit, um, you know, especially with what what the uh, what the what the call was for them defensively, but you know it didn't work out, and so. You get to ask the question, but but I, I I have no problem with how Garrett called the game. Thought he did a heck of a job. Gave us a chance to win. He did the same damn thing. Same damn thing, same situation, same damn call. I couldn't believe what I'm seeing. Like, both times, are you guys the same way as I am? You're watching that game. You know the play call I'm talking about, right? Like, what are they doing? Third and 13, the best idea you have is a quarterback draw for a yard. Even if it works, sometimes things work out. It doesn't mean it was the right call. It didn't work. Clemson found a way to lose to a mediocre Miami that had not beaten an ACC foe at home and one that played a backup true freshman quarterback. Clemson right now has an A-minus defense, one that's playing freshman on the defensive line over transfer portal guys. Clemson has a C-minus offense. They got a poor offensive line. They lack game breakers. And they got a TV. They got a QB that makes awful decisions. Average the two together, you got a B minus C plus team. And I can't believe it's astounding to say that about a team that has top five talent in America per the twenty four seven Sports Total Talent Composite. Next up, four at number four today on the show. How about the Furman Paladins, best team in the Palmetto State? If should anyone object to this, speak now or forever hold your peace. I didn't hear a voice. Did you, Diesel? I don't hear a single voice. Best team in the Palmetto State. All Furman did over the weekend was go on the road to the number eight team in the FCS, Western Carolina. And, well, they effed Western Carolina all the time. You know the slogan for Furman? F you all the time. All over the field. 29 to 17, and that doesn't even tell you half the story. Western Carolina, in its previous three games, averaged, averaged 60 points scored 
a game over its last three. A home game, biggest game of the year against Furman. They manage, wait for it, 17. Furman is now up to number three in the FCS poll. And I know you're having a bad football season, all right? 81% of you are, according to my numbers. That's because 81% of you, according to our research, are either Clemson or South Carolina fans first. But might I suggest you take a little jaunt over to Traveler's Rest, check out a home game of the Dins, and enjoy a top three team in FCS that is deserving of your attention and deserving of your love. They, unlike Clemson and South Carolina, will not let you down. And darn if they're not the best damn team in the state. Next up. Three. Oh, guys. South Carolina. <laughs> you know, like, they can't win for losing right now. They were outgained on the ground 220 to 69. And not the good kind of 69. They were outgained all told 418 yards to 286. A texter tell, tells us that uh, the Clemson-South Carolina game this year is going to air on Comedy Central. <laughs> they were never in the game against Missouri on Saturday, and that was a game that was a Las Vegas 1.1 possession spread. Missouri was favored by seven, seven and a half points, right? They were never in the game. Through 33 games, Shane Beamer is now 17 and 16 at South Carolina. Will Muschamp was 19 and 14 over the same stretch. The wheels have officially fallen off in Columbia. And given the showing and the thing that shocked me, the surprising lack of passion and effort by the Gamecocks, I have come to the conclusion that Shane Beamer's seat is now hot for the first time. It's warm. Maybe not hot, but it's warm for the first time during his tenure. You know, you may have heard in the last hour, I asked Chris Phillips if Shane Beamer is 2-5 and five again next year, even though they have four wins baked in to the schedule. Um, next year, South Carolina plays Old Dominion, Akron, Wofford, and Vanderbilt. Although maybe Diesel will tell me that Old Dominion is not such a guaranteed win. No, not such a guaranteed win. They seem to have four wins baked into the schedule next year. I said to Chris, hey, man, if they're 2-5 and five next year, does Beamer get a year five? It's a great question, right? I think part of the problem is Beamer's insistence on meeting the blue chip ratio, where more than half of the guys on the team are four- and five-star players. He's, he's insistent upon meeting that. They don't have any depth. So you got your best running backs from D2. Offensive linemen that are playing are from Mercer and Yale. These are not SEC-caliber players, right? I don't know. Heading into this season, I thought Beamer was under pressure to prove that he could do what Muschamp couldn't. Muschamp had a 9-4 season, couldn't sustain it. Beamer had an 8-5 season, and guess what? Could not sustain it. They're now 2-5. Their over-under win total was 6.5 wins. What you're seeing, Gamecock fans, is unacceptable by all accounts, and you deserve better. Now... Diesel, I find that we make excuses for those we like. You know, for, for the child that you have that is the apple of your eye, if they've built up a lot of equity, goodwill equity with you, right, you overlook some of the stuff. 
You guys might want to make excuse oh, the injuries. We love Beamer, the injuries. Two and five, brother. He's eight and 13 in SEC games. If that's good enough for you, you have the right coach. Yeah, if that, not, you might need a different one. That's the kind of thinking that keeps a bad coach around longer than he should be. Because you know what? That's the kind of thinking that people in the athletic department have. Oh, it's not the coach's fault. We want to be right about Shane Beamer. We want to be right about him. App State's going through the same thing. We want to be right about Sean Clark. We believe he's the guy. We want to be right about him so badly that we want to excuse all these terrible decisions, all these lost close one possession games. We want to excuse all of it and just say, oh, it's because they're young this year. Oh, it's because there's some injuries on the team this year. Guess what? It's the middle of the season. Everybody's got injuries. Everybody's got hurt players. Everybody. Injuries is not an excuse at this point in the season. It's not. And that's the that's the thought process that keeps guys around longer than they should be because you excuse away the losses as just bad luck. You make excuses for those you love. Don't do it. Make it a business decision. Next up. Two. Was looking forward to this, Diesel. Somebody on the YouTube text line said that uh, South Carolina would be playing in what bowl this year, Diesel? Uh, they called it the Little Debbie. You asked me that, and I don't have it. Okay. I mean, I, I'm I'm going to have to scroll up like 100 okay. messages. It's okay. No, the Little Debbie something or other bowl. Okay, yes. they, they called it. And so Diesel got talking with uh, the, uh, the YouTube crowd about the top three Little Debbie snacks. Yeah. All right? So, Diesel, without further ado, here are mine. I've I've actually found. Thank you, Madcraft. It was the Little Debbie Apple Turnover Bowl. There you go. There you go. They're not creating turnovers. They're getting Apple turnovers. That's <laughs> that's what they do. All right. So I found a, a, a link, Diesel, here, and we ask you guys this as well. What are your three favorite Little Debbie snack kicks? Uh, TastingTable.com has them power ranked. Really? From best to worst. And I totally disagree with them, by the way. Um, but Diesel, my number one is Nutty Buddy. Okay, Nutty Buddy, you would the crunchy all, cookies, the, the peanut butter. No, they're, they're the peanut butter sticks that are chocolate. Yeah, that's what you I'm know? talking about. And you'd kind of break them apart, like layered. That. Yeah, they're layered. Yeah. You break them apart. They were wafers. Nutty Buddy, they're my number one. This website wow. says they're number four. Yeah, the, the website is correct on this one. No way. Yeah. My number two is the zebra cakes. Those are the bomb. Uh, and my number three, Diesel, and I'm the only one I know who even likes these, but I love them. I love them, Diesel. Does anyone ever, anyone, and it was hard to buy these because it lo- it looks like you're buying a, a feminine product. It was hard to buy these as a dude. Like the box is all hot pink and everything. Strawberry shortcake rolls. They had like the like the circle of cream and strawberry uh, in them. You see this? Yeah, none Diesel, of them. It was hard to bring that box up to the up to the checkout with They're it. Looking for like that. They're yeah, for my daughter. They're for my daughter. Yeah, it was hard. I love me the strawberry shortcake rolls, the zebra cakes, and then the nutty buddy. You guys know I got this right, right? Uh, you guys Mongo know says I got that you're right a stoner. <laughs> none of your top three is in my top three. Well, that's because I got it right. Yeah. Uh, my number one are the fudge rounds, which is basically like it's a it's a fudge cake cookie on both sides, and then there's there's chocolate cream in the middle. That's my number one. Number two is the Swiss cake roll, which is not that different from these strawberry shortcake rolls. Not that different. It's just chocolate on the outside instead of strawberry. And then number three is the OG oatmeal cream pie. Ooh. Now tell me about t- describe your number one to me. What makes this the bomb? 
Uh, it's the bomb because it's chocolate on chocolate on chocolate. It's it's a fudge. It's it's essentially like an oatmeal cream pie, just made out of fudge. Yeah. You know, it's a it's a chocolate whatever cake style it is on both sides of it with chocolate in the middle, and it's drizzled with fudge on top. Now they say the fudge rounds are number nine. What? Okay. Uh, what was your number? What was your number two, Diesel? Uh, my, my number two were the um, uh, God. We had the 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 Swiss cake rolls. Oh, the Swiss cake rolls. Yeah, they say the Swiss cake rolls are number six. Okay. And your oatmeal cream pies are their number one. Yes. It's just basic. It's vanilla. I, but that, you know what? Vanilla ice cream is good. I don't know. What, 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 when did everybody start hating on vanilla ice cream? Did you hear Rome talk about as that As if today? it's bad, yeah. because vanilla ice cream is delicious. Ro- Rome was hating on vanilla today, man. I love I love Rome. Well, I Rome, love vanilla, too. Rome just has the same six people call in and have a circle you-know-what at the end of the show oh, every day. Come on. Come on. How many, how many days in a row is he going to go to Bella B in Calgary? He goes to her every single day. It's boring. And finally. One. Should the NFL outlaw the tush push, ladies and gentlemen? The answer is yes. The why is what is interesting. The real answer is none of these little Debbie products are bad. They're all good. Yeah, they are. They really are. Um, guys, the tush push that Jalen Hurts and the Eagles have mastered should be outlawed. But only a version of it should be outlawed. You should not be able to push a player forward. Remember when Reggie Bush beat Notre Dame? It was at that point called the Bush push. And they pushed him forward, right? Uh, Reggie, Bush pushed, Reggie Bush pushed Matt Leinard into the end zone. And Notre Dame had let that grass grow to be like weeds to try to slow down USC. And USC beat him at the, beat him at like the, the very last second of the game. Remember that, right? Well, now Philadelphia is utilizing that, and it gets three yards every time, no matter what any other team does. It always gets three yards. So on fourth and one, they're guaranteed to convert. On third and two, they're guaranteed to convert. I'd make a point that they could run that as their whole offense. Because if you get three yards every time, you run it for four plays, you get a first down every time. My old buddy's high school coach used to say three times four is a first down. That's right. That's exactly right. So um, my thing is it's got to be outlawed. Why? You You shouldn't be able to push the pile. That's when injuries happen. Okay? Now it is true that the Eagles have a quarterback that can squat 600 pounds. And no other quarterback can do that. That's Jalen Hurts. Diesel, what's your squat total? My squat total? Yeah. Most I ever squatted? Yeah, like, what, like if you go to the gym right now, what are you squatting? Oh, right now, not not much. Uh, I think the most I ever squatted, I, I squatted 385 maybe. Well, last night I tweaked a knee squatting myself. Okay. okay. So um, Jalen Hurts can squat 600 pounds. Shoot. 600 pounds. Yeah. Then he's running behind one of the top two or three centers that have ever played in the NFL, Jason Kelsey. So they already have something that no one else has, right? You don't need to push them. Let them do the quarterback sneak, but let's outlaw the push. It'll still be effective. And those are today's top five at five. Now it's your chance to chime in, which you can do at 844-FAN-PHONE. That's 844-F-A-N-F-O-N-E. That's 844-326-6663. The... MadWorldAttractions.com text line is there for you at 71307. Just start your text with the word fan and away you go. You can get to us on YouTube. You can get to us on Facebook. You can get to us on Twitter at the Fan Upstate on each one. Please like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to us on YouTube. We'd love to have you. And finally, email 
You guys can all email the show. Mark Ryan, that is M-A-R-C Ryan at thefanupstate.com, all the different ways you can get in touch with us here on the most interactive sports radio show anywhere. Coming up next, believe it or not, the controversy involving Dabo Sweeney was only heightened after the game. We'll get to that on the flip side here on the show that gives you both sides. It's offsides. Mark Ryan and Diesel, and we are the fan of state. Our fans suck. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's Offsides, Mark Ron and Diesel. We are the Fan Upstate rolling on until 7 o'clock p.m. today. Thank you guys so much for doing what you do each and every day. Cannot do it without you. Cole Bryson, host of the Saturday Scramble, joining us here on Offsides right now. All right, Cole. Um, when I hosted, Cole, the uh, Clemson Tigers postgame show, um, I always wanted to open with our big takeaways, right? Like what, what, what is the big takeaway that you have? What is the Cole Bryson big takeaway or two – from week nine of the high school football season? What was the Cole Bryson big takeaway? Oh, thank God you weren't going to ask about Clemson, Mark. I, I like the way you turned <laughs> uh, that, that train yeah. uh, very quickly. Um, <laughs> but, you know, Mark, uh, week nine high school football, biggest takeaway, I probably have to go with uh, Spartanburg's 0-3 start to region play mm. that they are not where they thought they would be to start the season. Uh, their their coach, Mark Hodge, went on record to start the year and, and said that this was his most talented, strongest, fastest team. And, and when he did, there were a lot of people who thought that uh, this team would be a contender. And, and, you know, no disrespect to that program or the, especially the players, but, man, they, they have just not lived up to the potential and the hype um, to now, start the season. Now, can I, if I could interject something here, Cole, yeah. to, to what degree – and look, we're not a show that's afraid to call anybody out. You've right. let me know that, frankly, the home field advantage at Spartanburg sucks. So, yeah. you, you know, you got a hotly contested uh, Region 2 5A. You mm-hmm. have no home field advantage, losing a bunch of close games. What To what, to what uh, degree does the home fan base, or lack thereof, bear responsibility for this? You know, I don't think it. I don't think they bear much. It's been something when it comes to that home crowd that's been. You know, I, I grew up in Spartanburg. I've been going to games. 
you know, at Spartanburg in the playoffs uh, my whole life and, and have gone to when they played over at Gibbs Stadium, they used to play at Walford, and now that they have their own stadium, uh, you know, it's just it's just not what you expect from a, a, a fan base of tradition and rich history and winning, um, you know, that, that Spartanburg's associated with. I just think that, you know, it's it's a it's a it's a tough place to, consi- it's like Greenville. It's a tough place to consistently ask fans to to come to their games and and not do anything else on a Friday night. You know, there are a million things going on on a Friday night and, and Greenville as well as Spartanburg. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not blaming it all on that, Mark, but you know, those, those two in particular, uh, they've taken a hit for whatever reason. Now, Cole, I know that we have, uh, we've already chosen our high school player of the week, excited to have him on when it's time. Um, but, but who, who else kind of made the consideration for that honor this week? Obviously there was, there was several guys who had big time weekends who really showed out to you. Well, I actually let Alex guess, the co-host of the Scramble. Uh, I say I let him like it. You know, I, I gave him the, the the ability to do so. Uh, Alex, part of what he does each week is help me uh, see the statistics, right, from from the players uh, that had big performances and and uh, on Friday night. And not only does he do a great job, Alex do a great job combining the scores and everything ready for our show, but he also gets all of the Player of the Week nominations um, ready for you as well. Daniel had a couple of players diesel, I think two or three in particular. They scored 56 points Friday against a really good Pendleton team. Daniel had a couple of players in consideration, as did Greenville. I can't remember specifically, but Ren's quarterback, um, who also was a big part of their 43-39 win over Powdersville was in consideration. So there were a few, a couple from Daniel, a few from Wren, and maybe one from Greenville. But, man, what Jalen McGill um, did for, for the Broome Centurions was special on Friday night. Cole Bryson joining us here on Offsides. Mark Ryan and Diesel, we are the uh, the fan upstate um, Cole, I, you know, I, I, can you set the table for us? And I know we're going to get more into game previews on our second hit together on Friday, but set the table for what's really on the line coming up this week. What are these coaches and these teams prepping for now? Who's frankly butts are on the line as we come to the end of the season here? Well, you said it, Mark, um, Friday is the biggest night of high school football that we've had all year. And uh, it should be that way, right? We've had such a good season. There's been so many good teams, so many performances across the upstate, um, so many guys that have just worked so hard, and, and, and coaching staff, uh, coaching staff that have worked so hard as well. And, uh, you know, week 10, the final week of the season, here we are, and we have six region championships all on one night. Um, so it's going to be an incredible night to follow along, to go to games, to be on the scene and, and see what's happening in the high school football world. Christ Church at Southside Christian and 1A is a region championship and 2A 96 at Abbeville uh, and 3A Belton Honey of Path Wren, also Broom and Chapman in 3A and 4A you have Riverside Greer and in 5A probably uh, one of the biggest in the state, in the, low, in the lower part of the state, you also have Fort D versus Somerville, which is a big game for a region championship. But Burns at Gaffney on Friday, um, right here in the upstate, man, that is a huge, huge game. 
And uh, there's a lot on the line, but six region championships all on one night. It, it, there is so much potential uh, for so, so, so many good games, Mark, that we believe will happen on Friday. And, uh, man, we couldn't be more excited to, to see who comes out victorious on Friday night. Cole, which team that is the top of their division would have the most success moving up one spot? So from a 2A to a 3 the best 2A team, how, how, how far could they run into 3A before they hit the ceiling of who they could beat? 3A going into 4A. Who would have the, the most yeah. success moving up a division? You know, that's, that's, a, that's a good question. It's hard to say in particular. I mean, the biggest thing I look at there is diesel is depth. I would probably say that uh, Chapman can compete with a lot of 4A schools, and obviously they can, right, because they, they've beaten uh, one 5A school this year in Burns. So I think they would raise their hand and say, hey, pick us for your, for your question there, Diesel. But uh, Chapman, over the years, especially when Mark Hodge was there just a few years ago, uh, they, were, they were demolishing teams in 3A. And listen, you, you have to give a lot of credit to Harry Cavanaugh. They're still, they're still putting it on them. Uh, obviously, their region's not the best, but they're still uh, putting it on teams in 3A. I think Chapman's probably a team I think of off the top of my head and think, man, they uh, they definitely could, could go up and play in 4A and not have a, you know, it wouldn't be the biggest obstacle in the world. Cole Bryson joining us. Cole, can I get the three most surprising teams from 2023 thus far and – the three most disappointing teams. Wow. Yeah. Uh, off the top of my head, Mark, uh, the most surprising teams, you know, I would probably say that Westside um, is up there for sure. They have been a, a huge, a huge contender in 4A. They've had a great year. Uh, Brian Lane has done an incredible job with that program. I guess I'll put um, – Jail man in that category as well as a surprise and maybe a team like a, a Pendleton uh, in, in that category, Mark, to answer your question as far as biggest surprise goes. Um, and, and, you know, biggest disappointment. I'm gonna, uh, can I guess? Can I guess here on disappointment yes, side? you can. Okay. Absolutely. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Uh, I'm, I'm not. Cole, you're the you're the expert here. OK, uh, someone just stuff, stuck a microphone in my face. I still have no idea why they did that. But, uh, but Cole, I, I would guess what you're going to guess here, okay, is I'm going to say number one, Spartanburg, number two, Greenville, number three, Dorman. You know what, Mark? Uh, no, no need for me to answer the question. Great job. Great job. <laughs> those are definitely the three. I mean, you know, and again, not saying that those teams don't have talent and, and that those teams haven't worked hard, but – uh, you know, in my estimation, I believe that those three would have been a lot better. Obviously, with Dorman's case, you know, I don't put much of that on uh, the shoulders of Jake Morris, the first-year head coach. They've had three different head coaches now in three years. There's no consistency there. Uh, you give Jake Morris time at Dorman, I think they'll be okay. Greg Porter, listen, you know, they, they've run into a couple of teams that were better than they were. And, and, and Westside, being a game in particular, uh, that I saw earlier this year where Greenville just ran into a better team. And uh, they, they had a great game on Friday. They haven't really upset teams 
Uh, they haven't been a, a team that can go on the road and upset teams. They had a good win against Dorman. Again, Dorman was down the very first week, week zero. Greenville had a nice win over Dorman. But, you know, that's not saying much in week zero with a team that didn't have an identity in the Dorman Cavaliers. And then lastly, Spartanburg, you're right. They just have not been able to, to, to find themselves marked. The offensive line's been, been the weak spot for those guys all year. Just had a hard time blocking. And, uh, you know, when, when you can't block, uh, you, obviously, your quarterback is suspect to injury, and uh, he has been injured uh, already here recently, and that's a, a big problem for the Vikings. So, yeah, those three would definitely be my top three choices. So, uh, Spartanburg is the high school version of the Gamecocks, then. No offensive <laughs> line, a quarterback getting beaten up, thrown around, tossed around like a ragdoll. There you go. Hey, Cole, uh, we appreciate you, buddy. And, uh, guys, if you are not checking out the Saturday Scramble, uh, you are missing the very best high school football show in the country. It's 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. every Saturday right here on the Fan Upstate. Cole, let's coordinate the high school player of the week interview. Uh, I look forward yep. to uh, it's Jaden McDowell. Is that right? Jaden McGill from Broome. Jaden McGill. McGill from Broome running back. We've had him on before. He's won this before. I think uh, what year is he? Is he a senior now? He is, Mark, and if I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, he was one of the ones, and I could be wrong. I think he was one of the ones that had practice during this last segment. So yeah. we're going to have to uh, be flexible with him. So I don't think we actually got him on uh, last time. So hopefully we can uh, see see his availability and, and have him on the air because man, he's he's had a heck of a season. Sounds good. We'll talk to you Friday, Cole. Thanks, pal. Yeah, Mark. Thank you. All Bye-bye. right. Take care. Coming up next, you know, Diesel. Look at this, man. Uh, Texter says, so Dabo publicly calls out his QB and makes in an inappropriate joke about uh, mental health and it's crickets. Why don't you hold him to the same standard as Beamer? I think we know why. You hate Beamer for calling you out on Twitter. Don't get me wrong. I think Beamer has been too whiny, but don't let Dabo off the hook. Texter, we've got a four-hour show, okay? A four-hour show. And we've already played the Dabo calling out Cade audio. And... We were going to get to that in this segment, but we had Cole, okay? So realize that, you know, before you complain, realize that what you fear might be near and what you want might be on the come. And that's coming up next here on Offsides. Yeah, I don't get this, man. You know, you guys tell me if you agree or disagree with this texter. He says, so Dabo publicly calls out his QB. As if that it's wrong to publicly call out your QB. Okay? Like, it's, it's not wrong to publicly call out your QB. I listened to Shane Beamer's whole two-minute spiel to start his press conference, and it was all about how everyone else screwed up but himself. Okay? Dabo called a play. Cade Klubnick ran a different play. That's insubordination. Do you guys understand that? Like, when you don't when, – when, when you got to understand that when you don't listen to the play call – Okay, when you don't respond to a directive from your supervisor, you are guilty of insubordination. So I would expect Dabo to call out Cade. The problem is not, you know, you should never call out a player. The problem is Beamer opened up for two minutes blaming everyone but himself, you know, for a game that South Carolina should have won, the Florida game, right? Um, Now, the other part of this is something Dabo said that he shouldn't have said. And we've got the clip for you right here. Um, you know, somebody asked him, do you employ sports psychologists, anything like that? Dabo was trying to be funny. It was not funny. Here's what that sounded like. 
some coaches have employed sports psychiatrists. Have you ever done that? Oh, we got him. We got him. He's probably he's probably on suicide watch right now. Uh, <laughs> you know, okay. So, number one, you know who I'm most disappointed in when I hear that clip? I don't know who asked the question. But to laugh at an awful joke like that, I think those are sycophants. You know, they're just kissing up local small-town media that kisses up to the head coach, cackling sycophants. I have no respect for that. That's an off-color joke. It missed the mark. Dabo should know better. Okay? Um, We've all open mouth and inserted foot. That's not me defending Dabo. That's a dumb thing to say. It's a dumb thing to say. This was always going to have a place on the show, Texter. It always was. It's not, go- it's not the lead, okay? But it was always going to have a place on the show, you know? Uh, it, unfortunately, uh, before I was on the air, reminds me of something dumb that I said earlier in my life, you know? And, you know, just, like, realizing that, you know, in this p- profession— you have a microphone in your face. You say over 100,000 words in a four-hour time period. You got to choose your words carefully. You know, that was an off-color joke that wasn't funny, that was a bad look, okay? Like, I I don't know what else you want me to say, you know? I, I mean, Diesel, is there anything yeah. else to say besides that? I Look, I, I know what this texter is doing. This texter wants us to be offended for the community of people who suffer with mental health disorders and they want us to go after Dabo Sweeney uh, in some sort of a gotcha uh, way. That's what he wants us to do. Well, why aren't you going after so-and-so? Well, because it didn't really offend us. Like, I wouldn't, wouldn't have thought twice. It's not funny. It's a stupid joke. It's not, it's not funny. At all. But I, I also don't get offended for people. I get offended for myself if somebody says something that offends me, but I'm not that person who's out there looking for reasons to get offended so that I can defend other people so that I can throw someone under the bus. And that's what this texter, I think, is wanting us to do. Then this is not the same thing as Shane Beamer not being able to control his emotions, kicking something after a loss and breaking his foot. And that texter, that texter is a continuation of a disturbing behavior pattern. That has seen him come after me, and you want to say he came after me with a tweet. No, no, no. I'm disturbed that I see a pattern of behavior that is not CEO-like and is unbecoming of a CEO. He loses his cool at me and says a bunch of nonsense, okay? He kicks a Gatorade cooler and breaks his foot in frustration. And number three, on multiple media accounts speaking to me, he had to be separated from an SEC coach at the Georgia High School State Championships because he got into an altercation with a coach there. And the Georgia State Athletic Director had to step in. Find some joy. So, like, you're seeing a pattern of behavior here that is not at all the cool, common collectiveness that you want to see out of a CEO. You know, Cade Klubnick plays the quarterback position like he's Kramer from Seinfeld walking through the door. And Shane Beamer behaves like he's Kramer. Okay? Like, it's just, bro, settle down. Settle down. You're the CEO here. This is not a good look. You know, you don't have to, to to win over your fans, you don't have to behave like your fans. 
And that's what Shane Beamer does fairly regularly. Shane Beamer behaves like his fans. He loses his cool like his fans. Some of his fans, not all of his fans. He behaves like his fans. And some of those fans love it. How many times has Mongo said, I love this guy? Yeah. I want I want a coach to act that way. I, I want my coach to behave that way. Yeah. Because they've I, been kicked a lot. Yeah. And a lot of people have said that. Whenever we posted those those uh those podcast clips, they said, I love the way that he's behaving because that's the way they behave. Yeah. And that's the way they want their coach to behave. I don't get it. I just don't get it. Diesel and I will give you are the four teams that ultimately will make the college football playoff, and we'll do so next right here on Offside. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.